Welcome back to Let's Do This, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here, because we have a really great conversation to share today. We sure do. Dasha Kelly Hamilton, thank you so much for being on the show. What a cosmic compliment. What an honor. What a privilege mm-hmm. to sit down Indeed. with you. Time bends when, you, when you're with these incredible it people. It does. It does. That was like 15 minutes, but it was really an hour, but it felt like... It was amazing. Yeah, it was good. Um, Who is Dasha, Margaret? Dasha is a writer, an author, an educator, a public speaker. A poet. The... Um, she is the Wisconsin and Milwaukee. She's been given a great honor mm-hmm. uh, being named the Wisconsin Laureate. Um, she's out there. Check out her website, dashakelly.com. One of her powerful poems came right into our worlds months ago, and then we connected with her, and here we are. Here we are. If you get the hit, you got to follow you it. You do. Yeah. You do. Dasha, it was such a treat to sit down with you. And talk about sex. We talked about sex. We talked about sexuality. We talked about a lot. Sensuality. Mm -hmm. It was good. It was rich. Yeah. Lots of sparks. Lots of really great sparks of curiosity. Just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll keep inviting in these these layers. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody. Enjoy. Spread the word. And... Listen to the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't stop when you hear the ending music because there's a sweet surprise at the very end. You know we love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, everybody. Kelly Hamilton. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Welcome to me and welcome to you too. A whole oh. new brand new day of being great. Oh yeah, indeed. Indeed, indeed. Thank you so much great for to coming hang and hanging out with us. This is gonna we've been really excited and looking forward to this time with you. So. I'm looking forward to it too. A great new conversation with new folks is one of my favorite things. So I appreciate yeah. the invitation. Yeah, yeah thank you. Awesome. awesome. Where do we want to start? Well, we met a few weeks ago. We're going to just get right into yeah, it. We, we already, we already right said her. We already said her hellos. Um, <laughs> we we met a few weeks ago, and you shared with us. So we know that you have you've done a lot of things in your life. Mm-hmm. You are an author. You are a speaker. You are a poet. You are a writer. You are a pa- you are a parent. You are a person, right? Yes. And you shared with us some pretty exciting things that you're kind of embarking on and exploring mm-hmm. around um, sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 And, yes. And a little bit of education of sorts. 
and mm-hmm. um, we were just so curious about kind of what what is unfolding and what's percolating and what, sure. what's exciting you about like taking the opportunity to speak to these really important pieces of what it means to be a human. Absolutely. And, um, go ahead. And first, I wanted to reference the the Story Collider podcast that you pointed us to um, when we had our first meeting together. So the, the aren't they great? They're great. They're so great. And the episode, the episode that you were in that we enjoyed listening to recently was the sex ed episode stories about uh, the education of sexuality. And it was, it was so good. And this is, so that's, this feels really aligned with what Margaret and I love to talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. getting raw. Getting all the ways, yeah, in all the ways, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. really think that's the the core of it, um, the the rawness, and so much of our discussions around sex and sexuality and sensuality are not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not even a comfortable uh, lambskin. I'm just saying it is. It's covered with propaganda. It's covered with Mm -hmm. Victorian etiquette. These adopted and not believed in Puritan, you know, Puritan values, etc. And for any human, and all humans are sexual beings. um, Yes, yes, to a grade of what that means to every human. We don't even get a chance to talk about that because Mm -hmm. of the way we're initially introduced to the discussion. Um, And I I love that you say sensuality too. Not yes. just, yeah, that's, that's, that is huge too. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. how long was it? And how, well, not to make you, not to make you confess, but how long do, before we realize that there's a distinction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there, I mean, and, it took a while. Yeah. And it's exactly. not, and it's not like it, this, this point of arrival and you have arrived, you arrive and you arrive and you arrive and it's arrive just, and you arrive. Yeah. And realizing that like everything else though, but, um, but especially that, because it's a lifelong relationship with you and your body and your sexuality, your sensuality. And then you've got other people, you know, depending on how you move through the world that you're also negotiating what they've learned or haven't and their awareness or not. And then when those said awarenesses intertwined said, yeah. Oh, I don't know on a bed. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got a, you've, got, you've got the choreography, choreography for a problem. Um, exactly. Or a party. So, or a party. Party. Or a party, exactly. A party or problem. I tell you, and I am grateful that it's been more party than problem, um, but a lot of problems to start, you know, because it's yeah. about really settling into what it means, to, what it means to you as a person. And mm-hmm. it's one of those discussions where we get it handed to us what your sexuality is supposed to mean to you according to your parents or the church or what your friends aren't doing or TV shows and the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning that it really is a discovery, you know, I'm super grown and I still discover things like, Oh, or, or a new ew pops up or just even learning about other folks and their journeys help me. Um, I just am more solid about mine. And at the same time, I get even more fluid in what I accept, in what makes yes. in what um, yes. exists outside of me, because that none of it affects me, but some of the times we operate as if other people's decisions affect you somehow. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it means nothing to me that there are people who want to 
I don't know, slather themselves in peanut butter. But there are right. some yeah. people that are just so worked up that there are people having peanut butter sex that they can't even yeah. sleep at night. And we have right. to figure that out too. And that comes from there being this, un, this misinformation that there's a way to be. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a way to be a mother. Mm-hmm. There's a, a way to come into your sexuality. There's mm-hmm. a way to express it. And that we are still, especially after this year, we've all survived, or excuse me, thriving through now, mm-hmm. uh, that there are still mindsets that are reaching for a standard, for a way to, for uh, a comparison. Mm-hmm. And so much in, in terms of how we human together, that that impulse hopefully will, bit by bit, we got some generations to get through. We've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we function off a of judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, what was curious, but so there's always been something I've been curious about <clears throat> um, and intrigued by once I came into my, uh, I call it my La Vida 23. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like what I can do, what I, with who and how I, for real. And there's no, and what does that mean? And so, and for some folks, their La Vida 23 happens at 33. For some folks, it happens at 14. So it's not about an age, but just that moment, that window of giving myself permission to peek into corners that I didn't and open cabinets that I didn't know that I could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's in that window for me where it's, you start to recognize, well, wait a minute, why, why did I feel this way about that or those folks or this act or this or this sensation Mm. and you can distinguish from what is that something that I really don't like or is that something I was told I wasn't supposed to like is this something that I really don't feel comfortable saying or is this something I was told I shouldn't and the list right because a lot of us aren't really aware of the root of our beliefs yes right like I I think about this a lot lately especially after this pretty big year Mm -hmm. What is it that I'm believing and how do I relate it to myself about myself? Right. Mm. And and a lot of that is, yeah, like you're saying, it gets really projected instead of inviting, having this invitation to go in Mm -hmm. and really just be curious instead of judgmental. Mm -hmm. You know, I get that. Like, I think we all understand that our human condition is to like really conclude. So we feel uncertainty, Mm -hmm. but like we're Mm -hmm. really realizing, oh, I'm way more liberated and free if I don't really worry. That's just not my stuff to worry about. Mm-hmm. Right. I need to understand what it is that I believe in relation to this and why and how it came to be. And is it working for me? You know, exactly. I really love that language of how do you invite that in and, and apply yeah. it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of meet that, Oh, I have, it's okay for me, but not okay for them. And we all have mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. We all have something within ourselves to that degree. So, um, so I've always mm-hmm. been curious about this and you know, I've, in, I've had all the girls' nights parties and we played all the sex games and had all yeah. the, <laughs> did you ever, never conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and even so, and well beyond the acts, you know, I, re- yeah. I reference it as your crown royal bag of tricks, even beyond your crown royal bag, you know, the alcohol crown royal yes. bag. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sex trips. Your sex tricks go in your crown royal bag. So <laughs> beyond the crown royal bag of tricks, it's still, so what's in between? Mm-hmm. So it's about, again, what you believe, how you feel, what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I found myself in the, in when I'm able to fall in conversations, can I with people about sex and their sexuality you hear you hear discussions of men you know I have these discussions widely right so you know who just to talk about 
And it's going to sound like a, a, a gendered statement for women typically of, but this guy talking about having to have sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we never give them that credit that they have feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, and, and, the, and being objectified and mm-hmm. having to, oh, well, don't you? And how does that? And that was something psh, that open reminded me that there's a gendered discussion that we, as women, often are privileged, where we don't, we're privileged not to have to consider that th- these men also have feelings and emotions and are also figuring out how to, how to navigate this. Oh, world. yeah. Right. So we were taught that they got it all figured out and they have sure. the advantage and they have the, and, and so there's, and to hear a man describe what it looks like, I mean, this is not how deep we got, but this was a manifestation of a, of a man being, his emotions being disregarded in the mm-hmm. realm of sex and what mm-hmm. that looks like for a guy. Mm-hmm. Talking mm-hmm. to a female friend, a woman who is, uh, still feels this shame, you know, she, at this point she was in her 50s. Mm. And she's still connected to what the nuns had taught her back when she was in Catholic school and the so much shame. Yeah. That's what so it looks like shame. and doesn't look like as a wife, what you should and shouldn't. And then the, you know, in her fifties to find out the things that she really, things that she enjoyed that she'd never given herself permission to. Yeah. Um, and everything in between. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and I had a, um, had a conversation with a woman once at um at a house party was so I was able to share it on this podcast. Yeah, 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 it was awesome. That story was. Great. And we followed this, this dialogue, and and she says, you know, and we're probably I don't know what I say several whiskeys in. I don't know. She said, you know, if I would have known that you didn't need a boy to orgasm, my entire high school experience would have been completely different. What? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And it also made so much sense. As provocative as it is, is a statement, right? Sure. So one, that you were able to say that out loud to a stranger. She didn't really know me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, Jack makes you friendly with everyone. <laughs> the truth be told. The truth be told. Um, so one, and it was such a, it was a stark statement, was startling, and it was so true. It was so accurate, and it made so much sense, and it made all of the hairs on the back of my neck rise, mm-hmm. because it was, oh my goodness, I have these little girls at home who are about to look at this hill and, and start this journey, right? Sure. They were ten, nine, ten, I guess, at the time, and I just went right away to, whoa, and I know the things that I figured out. And we, we all are going to figure out our journey. So yeah, it's right. not about making the journey um, obstacle-less. No. But no. man, if I could not put a big uh, pit hole in the middle, a uh, pothole in the middle of it, I'd like to make that happen. So how do I create this experience so the girls don't have to think about this and, and realize kind of lost it's in it. late. Yeah. 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 So I said, huh, I'm going to. So I'm going to have a way to have these conversations with them. We're going to, you know, get all the, the women around us that have watched them grow up. And maybe when they're 12, is that too early? Or maybe when they're 16, is that too late? Or do we, yeah. how do we, and what do we? And so I'm sharing this with my girlfriends and my friends um, later. I had this theory and this plan. And she, one of my friends, she starts to cry. Mm-hmm. Sasha, please don't do that. That's a awful idea like what do you mean she said nobody wants to explore their sexuality and vibrators with their mother nobody nobody no one wants to do that I'm like well true but I also would risk that uncomfortable so that you're not that they're not in their 20s 30s 40s 50s 
having this kind of a heartache. They're going to have plenty of heartaches in this area, but Mm -hmm. I know how I, the learnings I stumbled into, if I could give them, take some of those off of, out of their stumbling into a, you know, Mm -hmm. curriculum, because stumbling is going to happen. So I I appreciate that. I'm not one of the, I wasn't, I'm not, wasn't, and am not one of the parents who are trying to make it super easy. So they're never hurt. Right. 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 When you see things that are coming, um, how can I put things in place to at least spark the conversation? Or just to foster a sense of like, as your parent, I'm the, I'm a really safe person for you. Right. The invitation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm not going to shame you for your sexuality and your curiosity. And, you know, I, I've, what I have found as a mother so far is to just to start the, a curiosity conversation as young as they can comprehend. Oh, so little. Because then it's not awkward. That's what I have found in my experience. It kind of, like, the younger the better. Let's let's Mm -hmm. establish this foundation of this conversation. Right, so then Mm -hmm. they can just, in the backseat of the car, just be like, you know, mama? And and it's just, and, and there is no, there is, there's no embarrassment, there's no shame, it's just, they don't question the question. They just ask it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, right. Well, I see that too. And with that, the younger they are, then they, they just know a question is a question. And mm-hmm. as kids are, they don't necessarily, they don't know yet what questions are air quotes off limits. Mm-hmm. And I found what was really important at that age was about framing the EU. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. this uh, yeah. conversation I, we, we famously call hashtag butt sex. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> We're like a Baker Square enjoying our breakfast. And I don't even, something came up and their conversation, again, they're on the same age, um, nine or 10, it came up about, oh, and I can't believe, well, well, no, I, yes, it sounds odd, but mm-hmm. I just want you girls to remember that everything that everyone doesn't like everything. Mm-hmm. And liking certain things doesn't make you a certain way. I said, so, mm-hmm. you know, for example, I hate root beer. Mm-hmm. I said, and for, for most people, that's weird that someone would ever dare not like root beer. Root beer mm-hmm. is disgusting. Mm-hmm. I said, so there are people who, for, who don't like root beer and there are people who like to have all kinds of different kinds of sex and like to eat all kinds of different kinds of foods that doesn't make mm-hmm. them any kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so having that as a plant, well, well, why would honey, I, okay, here's what we're going to do. And the rule became, <laughs> I know a lot of things and we can talk about anything you want. Yeah. We just don't need to talk about how I know them. Okay. I mean, Clint, all right. Okay. And I found in going to these discussions that also become, <laughs> that also is a core of what makes it uncomfortable for parents. Um, um, and I'm going to say women, especially there's a diff- not that men don't have the shame attached to it, but it just shows up differently. For shows us. up differently mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the fear of how is my child going to perceive me that I know this, I even say these words. And if I repeat this and what if my mother finds out that I had this conversation with my, so it's still in there as oh, adult yeah. women um, with children, especially children who are get to the age where those questions get really real, mm-hmm. how to have the discussion if you haven't done the work, haven't been invited to do the work of asking those questions, comfort levels, like you said, that, mm-hmm. you know, inviting that curiosity within, um, without the judgment and the shame. we've been, mm-hmm. and we've been taught to judge and shame ourselves. So yes. it makes it, it makes that birds and the bees conversation traumatic for some folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for those, for, for folks listening, I'm just thinking of like, um, 
I feel really lucky to have been, I don't know, trusting that that sexuality is a comfortable conversation for me to have with my children. I, and I realize that that is not the majority mm-hmm. for maybe yeah. a lot of parents. And it's for those folks listening that they're like, Cause it's easy to forget. Like when you're comfortable, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so easy to forget. Like, Oh, a lot of people are like, no. Yeah. And it's uh-uh. easy to hear somebody and it's real easy yeah. to hear, you know, a couple of ladies on a podcast talk about how easy it is, but then you go and you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try to try this out. I'm going to see if I'm going to see if I can come up with some words and have this combo with my 13 year old for those folks that are just like, Oh yeah, but oh, I don't know. You know, I think well, but it like presses on your own experiences. Yeah. So directly. then what? So, so like then what? The parent all of a sudden is like being invited, maybe yeah. against their will, to like to start to think about their own experiences, which can be really, really hard. Right, and really, maybe really one hard. of the first times you've ever really had to, or or are. It's it's up close and personal in a way that it has never been before. Especially if there's abuse, right? Yeah. Especially if there's been assault or Trauma. abuse, violence around mm-hmm. it. Things yeah. that are just way down deep in the closets. Yeah. So for folks for folks that are that are just like need that little that little pep talk of like you can do it or or this is mm. this is this is what this is like the what comes out of it, you mm-hmm. know, the lotus. Mm-hmm. This is I don't know. I'm just thinking of folks that that uh, this is a stretch. Absolutely, and you have to start from where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a stretch. So I would invite um, those parents because we're all in this together. A parent, I'm looking right at you, the one who wants. Mm-hmm. No, don't, don't cut it off. Don't turn the net. Do not, do not move. Do not turn from the station. This conversation is about to be about you too. Yeah, um, and the invitation is think about what you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if my child knows nothing else, um, and, and not about the mechanics of sex, not about the definitions of body parts, not about um, you know the legacy, not those things are going to the logistics. Yeah, the logistics, you know, the how tos. That's going to happen. Um, but what is it that you want them to know, to understand, to consider? And for, to your point, when it's a matter of abuse, it may be, I want to have, make sure that my man child is really clear about consent. Mm-hmm. Um, that my, both of all of my children are clear about, you know, the ownership of their bodies. And then it becomes a celebration of said body and it becomes a, right. So there are things that you can put in place that, that, um, bolster a value mm-hmm. based off of granted what you're afraid of. And for me, my fear was, oh my goodness, what I can't have are these young girls not clear about the value of themselves and their bodies because I wasn't clear about the value of my body because I, everything else that wasn't exciting about me, the environment I was in, in this, when my body started to change, no one cared that I was super smart. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, what else, what, what other, what's my other, what's my other commodity? And then I don't even, I didn't even know what that meant. So, so that was my, you know, um, intention of making Mm -hmm. sure that they were clear, they were, that they had someone to talk to, that no questions were bad questions. And the things that they were curious about didn't mean anything except that they were curious about Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> so for other parents, it may be about how to talk about it. It might be just to know that there's a safe space. Mm-hmm. So it could be, hey, I don't know, but let's Google it together. You know, yeah. or I don't know, but let's um but let me find someone that can help us both have this conversation. Right. Um, but I can definitely we and we all know the narratives and the danger of letting them streets educate our children mm-hmm. about their the logistics porn is going to get, get covered. I'm sorry, parent. Yes, they're watching porn. Yes, parent. I'm telling you, I know. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? What do you say? And it's not even about combating that, but how do you balance what's in the world? Mm-hmm. We can't protect, we can prepare them and protection is also preparing them. So trying right. to shield them from everything that's out there is a... That has traumatizing effects too, when we're micromanaging everything in this experience. Yeah, It does. And it they does. get out into the world and they want yeah. to do everything and try everything. And yeah. with, with, without a, a navigating... Uh, that really deep core that tells yeah. them what they want, that tells them what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. their 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 yeah. inner guidance, the voice of their like because right. I a big a big thing for me as a as a parent is to continue to foster not only curiosity and reminding them that I'm the safe person. I'm truly gonna wrap around them and mm-hmm. meet them for where they're at, but to like also show them to really foster that trusting relationship with themselves. within themselves to really, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I know that's, that's can be complex too, because a lot of parents are parenting in ways that they don't trust themselves as parents either. Very true. true. Oh my goodness. This is so much. Very true. Very Mm -hmm. true. true. And the safe space. um, One of the things that, and there's the list is really long of how I admire my father. Mm. And one of the things that that always struck me was a, he knows so much about so much. Mm-hmm. I can remember as a, in high school, I, some artist came on and he started, Oh yeah. And he just got a such and such award and he's just got <laughs> signed to, what do you know about? Uh-huh. Like, I read. Oh, that's all it takes to read stuff. So he's, he's very, inf- he's informed. And when he doesn't know something, he says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he that's was, a, that is such never, a powerful reflection of you just trusting like mm-hmm. just to trust yourself enough to say, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. wasn't an embarrassment that he didn't know things. And, and it was in fact, and it didn't care. They didn't care to know more if it was a topic he wasn't interested sure. in. Right. So I go to that and that some of it is not wanting to feel like you're giving the right answer. Um, particularly in this topic, it's, mm. um, it's a journey and, it's an, and it is an exploration. So part of that safety is our kids knowing that the stuff I don't know, I'll say I don't know. The things you're not comfortable with, finding a way for them to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the discomfort that's rooted in trauma, of course, please be careful in how, we, so we don't, you know, parents, what is it, over-parentalize our children. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to work on that stuff for you. You don't work it out with your kids. Mm. Uh, but if it be, with it being a conversation and not and not seeing that you need to be a, a resource. An exp- like an you're not the you're not the information library necessarily, but you're a place where this conversation can be had. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I ended up Beautiful. doing with my um, I have uh, with my like my girls, and so I had my daughter and I had my niece, and they were and I took them to um, see vagina monologues. Oh yeah, yeah. and it was I went with my dad. 
Pretty sure. Oh, that's amazing. I think I took my dad. The ladies at the front desk act like they were the first, these are the first children you've seen at this production. Oh, no, no. It would come to Madison, where we're from. And uh, we, I mean, everybody was there. Mm-hmm. Everybody was there. There's kids there. There's yeah, kids you had there. to make it happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're, you know, we're in the car and, you know, we're arts and you know we're theater people arts and crafts stuff we're <laughs> but we're always doing stuff is my point so we're there in the back seat and we're driving out and like yeah we're going to a play awesome yay what's the play about i will never forget this i'm looking uh, in the rearview mirror and i say vaginas uh-huh and the two of them look at each other and look back ahead of me <laughs> and look at each other <laughs> oh it was so funny i was talking to the girls just recently and they're now 20 and 21 and uh, they're like, yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this about to be? And then we show up and their vagina lollipops. We, it was just a lot, mama. It was yeah. just a lot. <laughs> and then we I want one of those. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> and then we went to see the show again um, a couple of years later. So they were ready for it and they were able to hear it in a different way, not in yeah. the shock of it all. Yeah. And fast forward, they now hold this as a point of pride, you know, because at a very early age. Oh, Yeah. Dynamic and complex oh, dialogues yeah. about that falls in between the logistics. Yes. Like we said, yeah, I've um, I have seen that in my own children. There's a little bit of a, I'm comfortable with these conversations, and mm-hmm. I'm okay having these conversations. <laughs> and there's a, the, you know, it's a real like embodying this confidence yes. of like, or or, and also, um, that they don't know it all. They don't have it all figured out. But but at least it's not so foreign to talk about it. It's not, exactly. yeah. And it doesn't make you, yes, it's not foreign to talk about. It's not bad to talk about. And it gives you an insight on all the different things and ways that people struggle and strive. And mm-hmm. you know, it gives you a different insight, um, a really generous, I believe, insight into just how people are making it through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, are, are making it through and they get to see themselves in that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, so that was something they knew and they're, and it's not just their weird mother, right? The whole community, there's a whole, yeah, yeah. Know, touring production, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Right. Discussion. So it's, it's really normalizing it. It is yeah. before you and you're a part of it and you get to decide how you're in it. So I, that's what I wanted them to have this yeah. sense of expansion, um, and plugging them to all the different ways to think about this journey they're about to go on. And on this end of things, I'm really proud of that journey. So, so I was just thinking, I was like, what a gift you gave your girls, Mm -hmm. Dasha, seriously, because that's, that, that's really powerful. I mean, we, we are mothering sons too, and I'm really, and daughters. We have, we we have both. Yeah. And, I'm really passionate uniquely about my son and how he's developing his sense of self. And, you know, I think about like how I believe we're each kind of designed to like our love languages are so unique. Like it Mm -hmm. it is, there is value of like learning this together. And then there's also this place of like, I can't really compare myself to anyone because I have my own unique way of like showing love in relationships and like Mm -hmm. making love and, Mm-hmm. No, and I um so I value that for my son just as much as I do for my girls and you know boys are uniquely being taught to be disembodied too. Yes. You know? Yeah. I'm like no. No, mm-hmm. you're not you're not inherently 
some little monster or, you know, you're right. a beautiful person that's going to honor this for yourself and for whoever you're mm-hmm. in a relationship with, you know, it gets to mean something and all of it means something to and for you as well. And i really appreciate you reminding us, me, that we're talking about all the bodies, not just the girls out there, because there's culturally, there'll be fewer opportunities for our men children Mm-hmm. Our boy children to go up to be men children, looking you in the mm-hmm. face of that, um, and have this same conversation because mm-hmm. all of the other social um, structures that are put in place for them to be strong and to be confident and be in this, this, this uh, pulling from Tony Porter's language, in this man box mm-hmm. of how they're supposed to show up in the world. And within that box, they don't ask these questions and they, and they, and they navigate this even more silently quietly and sometimes right. painfully mm-hmm. um, i mean men have high and with shame with shame, and with shame. i should body. know this figure this out and body yeah. issues and not knowing how to who to talk to and how to talk about it mm-hmm. without I mean, men have some pretty significant topic. numbers of depression and anxiety and i don't think we should dismiss this this embodiment conversation with them either. You know, I, I mean, I love the focus on uniquely on girls and mm-hmm. people who identify as girls mm-hmm. for and sure. All the, and for sure. Yeah. And all the genders and all the, all, all the, the genders, all the in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just want, I, I'm hopeful that more boys are going to be encouraged to be embodied mm-hmm. in this in a new way that they feel empowered by. Mm-hmm. Almost as if there was like a, you know, think about that human sexuality class one-on-one make a kid version of that i know i just want to be like what human sexuality class one-on-one you know right because for kids we talk about again the biology exactly goes exactly. into all the other pieces the sociality mm-hmm. the culture the science yeah. that they that they'll then at least have they'll be introduced to some of these concepts mm-hmm. and challenges so that they'll want, they'll be more empathetic, mm-hmm. but they'll be even more, first of all, more forgiving and gracious with themselves. Um, and they'll just be more empathetic in how other people move, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So just finding ways to have the conversation. So I'm excited about, so I've been thinking a lot about that experience with the girls. Um, I was going to say, into, I want to hear how this is now embarking with sure. your work in your yeah, work. It turned, yeah. it turned into a whole art experience with them. I'm like, well, this is, this is what I lean into. This is what I got. Yeah. Um, so how do we have this ongoing conversation about your value, about sex, about all the things you do and don't know. So it included um, having, um, we, we had a conversation about, we watched a documentary um, and, and miscommunication. And so that's showing how for women, well, everyone in particular, but specifically for women, how the media and culture shapes our, it, our understanding or perception of how we're supposed to show up in the world, particularly as women yeah. and how we're sexualized. You know, you see to, to see the water that we're in from advertising, um, curriculum and all that kind of good stuff. And then I'll write a poem about how that makes you feel understanding this mechanism that's around you that made you think that you had to, you know, that you not, you're not going to be valued unless you have that, that tank top on. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Right. Let's see. And it's not your fault. So then let's look at, um, 
let's have a conversation with people in our in our network and get their get advice from the grown-ups you know when you invite grown-ups to tell you their tell you talk about their mistakes that's when they'll talk about their mistakes when you just invite grown-ups to talk we have the tendency to make things sound great because that's what the grown-ups did to us and on and on and on so to ask what's a mistake you learned the hard way at my age and talk to me about what you learned and I, I can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And she took that and turned it, we turned it into a graphic poster um, in the outline of, of her body. You know, let's look at a, let's look at a birth. Now let's do a comic book on sperm, uh, mm-hmm. on impregnation. Now let's look at STDs. We're going to make little clay, clay figurines, a little herpes, a little chlamydia, a little clay mm-hmm. figurine, a gonorrhea. Mm-hmm. And now let's do use watercolors and let's make some abstract paintings about your your strengths what is what will be an abstract painting of creative what will be an abstract painting of leader what will be an abstract painting of kindness mm-hmm. and so now we're hands-on in this discussion and i was describing this experience um oh when we had to do a three-dimensional um vagina and mm-hmm. research on the myths and the care and um, and I learned from her research and her little trifold board. And we went to Michael's to get our art supplies and all of that was hilarious. Um, you cannot lose anything in a vagina. You're welcome. <laughs> you might think it's lost. It's you might not. think it's lost. It might, but it's, it's not. not. It's not. There's it's people not. there to support you. <laughs> Your vagina is just holding it for you tightly. It's just not lost. It's in there. It's in there. So I was just explaining this experience and uh, my daughter still dubs it now as the as the dopest punishment ever i'm like well it was a, more of a it was an opportunity she says yeah whatever you call it i'm just telling you what i'm telling my friends it was <laughs> mm-hmm. um and so this far removed from it um I, just thinking about again it's really the i've been invited to consider making that as a curriculum for a homeschooling co-op i've been in discussions about how to turn that into a community art engagement program mm. And all sound great and yes. And at the core of it, what I realized, the start is still with the parents. Yeah. Yeah. But really is an experience of how to have this discussion. Um, So using this thing that that this experience we had, how to really have this discussion. Um, And the parents were kind of, because talking to the co-op person, he's like, yeah, because I know all of of our parents would really love having a way to fall into this conversation. Sure. Um, Sure. And I also want to say, that it takes a village, right? And that we're all accountable. We're all accountable. I am, I am as equally accountable as being that adult person for her children as she is for my children, because we all know it's a lot easier to come to somebody that you didn't come from. That's right. When when shit is real, it's it's Mm -hmm. sometimes a safe person is, is not the mama. Listen, or I have whomever, a you know, of one of my daughters. Point, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. for the educators and the aunties and, and the sisters and the uncles and the tios and, you know, just really like that we're all responsible to I love that to, for the young people in our lives to be safe people for them and to let them know that we're safe people for them. I mean, we're all connected. We can't deny yeah. that. And, mm-hmm. and because there are people that don't have children, what, are they off the hook? You know, I was like, no, come on. I need your help over here. I need your help. I need for you to be equipped when this conversation comes. They got that great detachment. You need to be a model for how you 
yeah observe you having right so I, I really like that so every yes yeah. everyone needs it everyone needs the training everyone <laughs> yes the everybody job. needs the train not just for the parents because that's a lot of pressure we're already under a lot of pressure like come on village i know you better not village up run raising this person don't fuck it's it up serious. that's so a lot of pressure well and, so. and parenting today has such big expectations yeah. it's my mom my parents who are still alive and well say it all the time like my goodness, to be a parent in this world today, y'all got a lot that you are trying to live up to, you know? And the more that we know and learn, it just becomes more. So with that perfect Mm -hmm. example, our parents didn't know, I'm, what is it, what is intersex? What? Mm -hmm. What's with the pronouns, huh? What do you mean there are, (laughs) what is ace, what you can be sexual, but not have sex? What does that mean? Right, 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 right. So, because we understand more mm-hmm. and so and then that's just and that's just the sex we haven't even talked about setting oh. the timer you know for a piece of equipment we haven't even talked about race reckoning we haven't even talked uh-huh. about what we're understanding yeah. about all the things and so there's more knowledge which is a good thing but that means we're we cannot be reckless as parents where our parents and our parents' parents could feign in ignorance um, because there was a lot that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. We know too much to mm-hmm. still work from a, a parent handbook that's four, five, two, three, four, five generations old. Yeah. So do right. we have to know everything? Not right. possible. Right. That's why there's the internet. We don't, parents, we were made to feel like we have to have all the answers. And when you don't, then there's that anxiety and that mm-hmm. pressure. No parents, you are a portal. Mm-hmm. So how can you be a portal? Um, I and love a, that. Yeah, a portal and a filter at a certain mm-hmm. state, but you're yeah. not a shield because if you're shielding them from things and they become the young adult who's wilding out because they've never seen anything, mm-hmm. you become the coworker who doesn't understand the word no because no one was able to negotiate them in a particular way. They become mm-hmm. the partner mm-hmm. that is projecting their hurt because they haven't found a way to have honest conversations about their feelings, mm-hmm. about their fears and the things that they mm-hmm. don't know and don't understand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we gotta, we're doing more than just keeping folk, keeping kids safe. Mm-hmm. They're really in a position. Um, well, how do they navigate the world? And that's mm-hmm. how, not just as a parent, but I'm also a, I'm a, been a youth advocate for many years. So working with my young people, who uh, after they graduate, then they're my sugar babies. So working with yeah. these sugar babies right. and being really clear about, whoa, I've listened to you break down all the isms and you had that amazing time where you confronted your dad and remember that time and we went down to city hall. What do you mean you're afraid to make a phone call? Mm-hmm. What do you mean you don't know where the stamp goes? What do you mean you're ner- So there's some of it is just the transition into adulthood is a, is a thing. Totally. Yeah, sure. it is. It's, it's discombobulating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But think about these young people that because of the access to the internet have a lot of data that they don't know what to do with, but they don't know that they don't know what to do with it because you know so much stuff. You have a lot of stacks of, of, of information. Mm-hmm. So the maturity and what we get to be as villages and parents is how to connect those dots, how to decouple those dots sometimes, mm-hmm. which, re, which invites parents. You, I think it's actually an invitation. We're more free. Yeah, so that's of I know everything and I have all the right answers and I did everything right. right. Is, I don't know, but I know how to navigate the world to figure it out. I know how to assess um, dynamics to help us assign, you know, to assign a value to it. So yeah. I really want to find ways to stay in this conversation. And I, 
I know that this is going to be my next show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know exactly what that means, but I'm, I'm in discussion with, you know, it's presenters and universities mm-hmm. to see where this can happen, where I just want to be plopped someplace to facilitate these discussions and discussions will become content, which become a show mm-hmm. or a tour mm-hmm. or a... How exciting. It is really exciting. Know. It is really exciting. It's on its own evolution. And, and all know. the different mm-hmm. mediums yeah. of which, you know, all the, all the different avenues in which we can have these conversations. Because I do know, I mean, I'm glad that that worked well for you. And I'm glad your girls thought that that was the dope the dopest punishment of, you know, that you mm-hmm. came up with. But um, <laughs> I know my kids would just, they would just straight up laugh. They would just be like, um, no. <laughs> well, that's the thing. No, there was laughter, but there's not an option. Yeah, I know how you feel about yeah. it, but we're doing it. <laughs> Mm. Okay, whenever it fix your face, whenever you get done, uh, let no, let me know. I'll be let ready. me know. You know, yeah. we ready? We ready? Yeah. Okay, right. now back to this gonorrhea clay yeah. plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So being willing to push through on that, we've made them yeah. do other things. They the didn't different want to avenues. Do. So I'm presently preparing for like my like official tour. So I've certainly traveled across the country and performed places. Yeah. And technically, that's a tour you know, but someone else is doing it, which is like, what? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be touring soon with my show, Making Cake. And Making Cake is an, uh, it's an exploration of race and class and equity mm-hmm. by giving a history of cake. So I'm telling stories and there are two bakers on stage with me baking a cake live. And at the end, the audience comes up and we have this cake. You all eat the cake. And we all eat the cake. <laughs> Eat cake, Annie May. We all eat the cake and have this discussion about what they heard. And Mm. the basic through line is all of the ingredients of cake. There are five basic ingredients to any cake. um, And all of those ingredients each have a story and a history of, of access and exclusion. You know, sugar, for example, you had to be wealthy to appreciate sugar. Um, the timing it took to bake a cake, it took four days to make a cake. So you needed to have... So how do you have that kind of a time if you didn't have a pastry team of slaves, right? Mm -hmm. So fast forward, the time when cake became available for everyone to make is the same window of time where the United States was becoming the United States. Mm -hmm. And we were first beginning to implement um, race-based um, policies. We're beginning to print money. We're beginning to, um, we're start, we're building state universities. We're starting um, banking systems. We're starting the housing plans. And all of those were steeped with race, class, and inequity. Mm-hmm. And I get to tell that story by telling the narrative of cake. So the research that for that was really brilliant. exciting. Um, the, the story itself, if I do say so myself, is intriguing and it's compelling and it's a solid hour of get your life together. And a conversation is built into the experience. So that, would be, mm-hmm. that would be the idea of what this ultimate uh, sex show <laughs> yeah, would, just, just, would turn into, right? you know, the, the thought this, that just won't leave my head. That's, you know, most, all of my, all of those creatives, you know, my artists, my fellow artists know it, it just yeah. won't stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it just takes form. Yeah. So that'll be how I, that's why I want to process, continue processing that. So it's my experience. It's the dialogues like this that we've had. It's 
Um, and you were going to say being available to other people. I mean, I had in my phone at one point, one of my daughter's friends, why do I have a picture of her vagina in my phone right now? Mm. So for me to be a village for someone that I don't, I don't know, what if we, we all just for that to be accessible. Right. And I, mm. and all of us have different, we all have different, um, ministries so everyone is not going to be the sex person but i just mm-hmm. wanted to respond yeah. to that idea of yeah of us being available for each other so i wanted to say that about the show so i didn't want people saying well she's just gonna get up no it's not gonna be the art necessarily but just mm-hmm. talking about that and how right. getting really curious getting really yeah. vulnerable too and then inviting giving people the permission the okay like Something. This is, uh, it's supposed to bring up feelings that, that are new mm-hmm. and maybe a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vulnerable right. is the new um, superpower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And to remind each other that we're not unsafe when we're uncomfortable. We can really, we're, we're going to be okay there. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to discover, we're going to have a real great discovery in that space of ourselves when we're a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Might get a little <laughs> sweaty, but you know. <laughs> but we can Good. do it. Y'all. You'll dry out. Yeah. 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 Dasha, this has been great. You've got, so you've got an 1130, great. correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you for your thoughts and your wisdom. This was really delicious. It's been so good getting to know you and to hear about what you're embarking on. Mm-hmm. And thank you for this conversation. This is Mm-hmm. That's I, I, I fucking love these conversations. I can't get enough of them. Yeah, I really can't. Good. You should listen. <laughs> to that's that. why I have Keep a show. That's why I have a show. That. And you know, I think you get to do it again. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> Set this up for ourselves. That's good. That's good. How could I always have these comments? We'll have to have- <laughs> problem it. solvers. Got that's it. what we do. We're problem solvers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you saw this problem and you made space to have these discussions yeah. and for everyone listening. Thank you for investing yeah. your time in these kind of discussions. Cause I know what it feels like to feel like, am I the only one who's thinking these really long thoughts? Mm-hmm. So to yeah. have a space where everybody can hear their thoughts, uh, cause you've said things that other people have thought too. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for making this space. I've enjoyed yeah. this conversation. Immensely. Yeah. Yeah. And cheers to like, cheers to the written word and poetry and art and how mm-hmm. that like. Let's raise our glasses. Yeah. Get it. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Thank Get out you. the ball jars. Get out the ball jars. <laughs> Dasha, thank you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. Yeah. We hope to cross paths again soon. Oh, it definitely will. I already know. It definitely will. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Take Take care. care. Thank you. Bye. is like catching a fly. You hear it before you see it.
You're not really sure where it's coming from, that buzz, maybe behind the curtain or inside the lampshade. You hear it, and then you don't. So you go back to doing whatever it was you were doing, folding, scribbling, pumping, nothing complicated, just what you do. And then you hear it. So now you're focused. You know a promise when you hear one. So you follow that sound as it curls itself around ribbons of air and weaves in between sonic waves. You can hear it taunting you. Marco to your polo, dissonance to your solo. You can even feel it tickling the prickles of your flesh without ever touching your skin. And then you see it, this erratic spasm defying rhythm and space. It's an oral choreography you had to teach yourself over the years because you weren't real good at that fly-catching business when you were much younger. <laughs> when you were younger, it was all wild, flailing, and crazy swinging, chasing around tiny flies with newspapers, envelopes, raggedy house shoes, whatever you can put your hands to until indignity melted into exhaustion and you resigned yourself to simply wait, praying that bliss might find its way to your toe, land on your shoulder, or God help you kiss the inside of your thigh. Until that one time, that one night, you were listening to a buzz of a siren song and you wanted to sing songs too. So you knew you had to decide. Decide. And with that one action, it's like someone releasing red droplets of ink onto naked strips of rice paper. Rich color pulling towards your uncolored stretches, dragging itself towards your untouched edges. And this is called desire. And when you have that red color coursing through your veins, you're going to catch that fly. <laughs> no matter how, no matter who's watching and what they may think, if you have to twist your face into unflattering expressions, you are going to catch that fly. If you have to growl nasty language through clenched teeth, you are catching that motherfucking fly. <laughs> if you have to jerk and twist your body into unnatural positions, you are gonna catch that fly. And when you do, that weightless insect will feel like a two-ton rhino wrestled into submission, victory in the palm of your hands. So you drop it, because it's nasty. <laughs> Little girls don't catch flies, especially not in the palm of your hand. So you drop it and raise a white flag to every unfounded declaration of what good girls don't do. Convincing that warrior princess inside of you to ignore her Serengeti soundtrack and the taste of gazelles we once hauled between our teeth. You are a huntress by heritage, but they told you it was nasty, left you standing, and now we have these shadows crying on our bedroom walls. Their tears trying to wash away the memory of wide open freedoms and understood hunger, and we are still left standing trying to smudge away gummy carcasses and black lace wings from the palms of our hands, trying to smudge away the nasty like they told us. But this hunger is deeper than etiquette. It's stronger than liberation. Sexuality imprints its own genome pattern into the puzzle of your spine. Did you think it was an accident? The way desire grabs and pulls at your uncolored edges, orgasmic pleasure is your birthright. Warrior queen, so let's rise up. We have to rise up. 
We need to rise up and hunt the way our grandmothers instructed in their etchings on mountainsides and tree roots and soft-toned cave walls. We need to take to the buzzing killing fields. But before we pick up our swords and our shields, we have to grab hands, bow our heads, and make a solemn pledge to teach our daughters to catch more flies.